Hi, I am Kyle. And I'm Jeremy. And we are the Social Ninjas. Hiya! Jeremy and I both struggled with social anxiety and mental health overall. Now we both work to improve our own mental health and the mental health of others by sharing what we did to help our social anxiety and what we learn and continue to do to improve upon our own mental health. What we share is what we learn from our own experiences. We are not mental health professionals and what we say should not be used in place of or replacement of medication or your doctor. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. So this is the Social Ninjas podcast. I am your co-host as always, Kyle and Jeremy. I'm Jeremy. I'm joined as always by Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kyle, that was a that was a, a beautiful fail. I love it. Let's celebrate that. <laughs> I warm up live on the podcast. <laughs> and and then, we have a special guest today. <laughs> Special guest, Kyla Coogan. What's going up, Kyla? <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to take a minute just to introduce yourself to the audience, kind of give a little background on what you do and stuff like that? For sure, yes. Um, I'm glad you said my name right. That always feels good. I know we talk about that. <laughs> it's close to Kyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what I do is I, I am a transformational life coach. I'm a speaker. And I also freaking love building community. And what I would say I do is I help people come home to who they really are so they can actually live their freaking truth. And I help them come alive. Yeah. (laughs) Right now I'm working on a TED Talk. So I'm going through the application process for that. And that's been a really amazing journey to kind of dive into my story. And just going through that process has um, given me more clarity on kind of my mission and my purpose on this planet. Beautiful. So I'm going to dive in really quickly. That's okay. If you're going to check the water. All right. It's warm enough. Diving in. What, <laughs> what, what is your mission and your purpose? Yeah. <laughs> let's, get ju- let's get, let's, let's get juicy with it. <laughs> let's go. Well, I would say, you know, primarily I serve people in the LGBT community or the queer community who have struggled with their identity, who have hidden their truth. And they've spent most of their life struggling to come out. So primarily serving that population, what I find is that people come out, but then they're still not really living their fullest truth. They're not really living their fullest expression. So as I mentioned earlier, it's like they're kind of on this journey of coming out, but then they end up really desiring to come home to who they are. And from that kind of coming home, then they're able to come alive. So what I'm seeing with my mission is like um, helping people not only come out, but come home to who they are and come alive so they can be the fullest expression of themselves. And that kind of life cycle of come out, come home, come alive doesn't just apply to people in the LGBT community or the queer community. 
it applies to any human being, regardless of your sexual identity. Um, we all come out in some area of our life. It could be coming out with a, a new career path that you're, that you're starting on. Um, it could be uh, coming out with, um, you know, a different gender expression, not just sexuality, but a different gender expression. Um, and, and any of those spaces, what you, what I see is that again, it's people kind of coming out and sharing more of their truth, like them kind of discovering more of their truth. And there's a feeling of like guilt and shame a lot of the time that comes with that. So what I find is that coming out is more of a feeling that we all human beings experience in some capacity. Mm. Could you take us a little bit, um, on the journey of what, what you, what you went through and how you kind of. So this is me. Uh, you can take it or leave it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I knew I was gay when I was in third grade. And I hid that for 14 years. And what I found is that that hiding, hiding my truth, hiding my most authentic self, what happened is in high school, I ended up manifesting severe acne. So I had acne all over my face, my chest, my arms, my back. It was, it was awful. I had, I ended up taking Accutane, um, which is now banned. But at the time, like I had, I had to take something because it was so miserable. And um, I was always walking around trying to hide my face, um, trying to hide my body. And um, years later, when I was in um, grad school, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. And I had my first panic attack. Um, and then that transpired into um, thoughts of suicide. And um, the anxiety disorder happened years after I came out. So like when I came out, I waited until I was 20, about 22 years old to come out. And I thought that when I would come out that I would then be liberated. And I ended up getting into a relationship for a few years. And then again, years later, I had these panic attacks and it kind of just like came out of nowhere. Like I was not, I was in a restaurant where my brother was working and I just started to get this like chest pain and stomach pain. Didn't really know what was happening. And that's what started panic attacks. And I didn't see it at the time, but it makes sense now that if I spent most of my life hiding my truth and not living my most authentic self, that there's going to be pent up energy inside of me that is not being expressed. Yeah. So you talk about yeah, hiding that true self. So, I mean, you hit it for a, a long time. I, I imagine that's quite the mental toll. So what, what was kind of the, the thought process and um, I guess reasons for what, you know, waiting that long to actually, I guess, find the courage, maybe I'm finding the right word there, to actually come out and be your authentic self. Yeah, well, it's because I cared so much what people thought about me. And I was scared of what people are going to say about it. And yeah. it's something that like, anybody who is gay or queer in the LGBT community, I mean, it's something that we have in the back of our mind all day every day and it's like if you're in school if you're in school like in your you're in high school and it's something that you're not expressing it's just kind of something lingering in the back it's like you're not saying anything but it's kind of there and 
my brother also is gay and he came out in high school. He's three years younger than me. And when he came out, he was followed home from school and bullied. Um, one time he was actually followed home and he ended up there. The kids were putting like post-it notes and stuff on his back. And he ended up running away, hiding into a Starbucks bathroom. And um, that day went home and almost attempted suicide. So for me, I saw what was happening to my brother in, in the response that he was getting from kids in the, in, just in school with him coming out. And I think like I saw that and I'm, I was scared myself of, of living my truth. Uh, my question is, uh, how did you, like, I, I heard you say that you came out, but there's something still was missing. When did that, that shift happen? How did that play out? And what was the, um, yeah, how did your life change? Are you saying after I came out? No, I'm saying you, after you came out, you said there's still an uneasiness is what you said. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, then, I mean, after I came out, I mean, it's interesting because when you come out, then it's like a whole other world. Cause you're like, okay, I just spent 14 years not showing my sexuality. And now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, now I'm going to like hold hands with a girl and hug a girl. And now I'm doing this in public. I don't even know how to act. And I was in a relationship, like I said, pretty quickly after, but um, it was a huge adjustment for me to be comfortable with that. And I was with somebody who was a, a professional surfer and she was an amputee and so we we got stared at I mean anywhere and everywhere we went we were stared at it was like I remember the first time we held hands in, in La Jolla uh, and it literally looked like everybody at the park stopped what they were doing to stare at us and it was it was like okay this was what I was scared of was like being stared at everywhere I go and like people looking at me and you know and I'm just like living in my head about it and um I, I, I got more and more comfortable over time with it. But again, I think that just hiding it for so long, you know, like stuffing down, it was me not expressing it. Then like that was what turned into the anxiety. Mm. I'll take a, I have a random question. Uh, so I heard, I saw in your video, you talked about you had a, you went to like a three day retreat with your mentor and it changed your life. You take us a little bit into that journey and, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, after I got diagnosed with anxiety, I would say it was years of trying to find a solution to it, trying to find a way out of the suffering. And I would say I got pretty lucky along the journey. Like I put in a lot of time reading books and going to leadership courses and personal development. And I, I literally invested like all my time into trying to solve anxiety. And eventually I met someone, my coach, Craig Klaumanser. And I remember the day I met him, he looked at me and he said, what I do is simple. And I remember at the time, I guess that's all I needed to hear. <laughs> and I was like, sign me up for simple. <laughs> So uh, I, I, it was just a three day in his house. We were just in his living room and um, we were having a conversation about the human experience. And it was a conversation about the nature of thought and how our mind works. 
And what I, what was kind of blowing my mind the entire weekend was that it was just a conversation. So I was listening to how he was explaining thought and how he was explaining the mind and how it worked. And then he would ask us questions where we would look within ourselves and reflect and share how we saw thought and how we saw the mind. And so what was transformative was that through just listening to him sharing and just by me reflecting and seeing, well, how the heck is my experience actually work? I dropped into like a deep meditative state. Like I was sitting in on the couch, just like in total peace and clarity and like in awe of I'm sitting on a couch in a living room, just talking about thought and <laughs> what's happening. And um, what I feel like I discovered was that I'm always already okay. And there was like this deep sense of peace. That's like deep sense of safety in that. And I feel like my whole life, I was trying to feel safe. And it was like, I felt it. I felt it not like conceptually. It was like, oh no, that's true. It's true. And after the weekend, I'm like, I have to teach this for the rest of my life. That's all I know. Yeah. yeah. So walk us through how that kind of works and kind of just, uh, I guess, teaching someone how to kind of observe their own thoughts and get into that safe place, like kind of what you were talking about. What's the process look like? Yeah. Well, I, what I, it's interesting because what's important when I teach it is to just be in the present moment. And I don't have, it's not, it's not like a, a practice where I give people like tips and tools per se. Um, but what I do is I get really curious about how they see thought and how they see their mind because all that's really required. What I see is that if I ask people questions and they reflect and they look at, okay, they look at what they see and they share from that experience. What I find is that typically it's just an innocent misunderstanding of their experience. And so when there's, when there's a, a misunderstanding, that's when there's the fear of, of the thoughts. Like if they don't really understand the nature of thought, people are typically afraid of it, or they don't even realize that thought is creating their experience. So there's people who are struggling with anxiety and they don't know where their anxiety is coming from and they're trying to figure it out. Like myself, I went to the doctor like 5,000 times and I kept going, test my hormones, test this, there has to be an answer. And I didn't know that thought was creating my experience. And so just, just teaching people um, for them, I guess what I want to say is like, again, asking them questions to see how they see it and then kind of course correcting from there wherever there's a misunderstanding to help them understand it better. If that makes sense. Yeah. I got, a, um, I got a hint of just people are kind of in autopilot with destructive uh, patterns of thought and behavior and they just don't even realize it. Is that uh, kind of yeah. accurate? Exactly. I think people are like, they don't know that they're getting spooked by thought. 
as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Like when people start to wake up to its thought, like, oh, it's, it's a thought. Like, cause it looks like it's something on the outside. It looks like it's something on the outside and because thought is creating form. You know, we create everything that, everything that we're looking at right now, the, the, the computer, the whatever, it all started with a thought. Someone had a thought and then they created it, <laughs> you know? And, and just people waking up to the fact that thought is creating their experience is, is really all that's required. And, and really it's also shifting their relationship to it. And I find that, again, people are just really scared. They're really scared of the thoughts they're having. And what I woke up to, if you look at thought, just, just as thought, like the form of thought, what people are spooked by is insecure thought, whether it's, it doesn't matter the content of it, right? It could be the form of doubt. It could be the form of fear. It doesn't really matter the content, mm -hmm. but all of it, if you step back and look at it, it's insecure. And so when people are less afraid of an insecure thought, that alone changes their experience of life. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, to me, it's, it's, it sounds like uh, how it's not, I'm going to say this wrong, but framed, how it's framed. Um, I had a really um, I'm vulnerable, like I'm going to get into it. Yesterday I had a, I put together a social and it, uh, to me, I had an expectation of how it was going to go and then it didn't go to my <clears throat> expectations yeah. and I felt so uncomfortable. I just felt awful about myself. And I realized afterwards, it was the way I, um, I structured it in my head. It was just because it was out of my comfort zone. So my brain labeled it as bad. Mm. And all it was was just, I was growing in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. Me, yeah. You're so on point. Like even that expectation, a lot of times that will come from insecurity, but we don't necessarily, sometimes we don't see that. But you're so right. I mean, I can relate too to having expectations about something. And, but when you look at the core of it, it's like, it starts with an insecure thought about it, you know? Mm. Yeah. So I'm almost learning to like show up, letting go of expectations and like not having anything on, like I would say not having anything on it, like kind of just being so open to the experience that I don't really know how it's going to unfold because the reality is that I don't know what I'm going to think in five seconds. I don't know what I'm going to think in a minute. I don't know what I'm going to think in five minutes. Like I don't, we don't know, you know? And I know for myself, I, with my anxiety, it was like, I wanted to be in control of my feelings. I wanted to control not having the thoughts I was having. And that's not possible. <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't, I can't control that, but I can control my response to them. I can control my response to what I'm feeling and allowing myself to feel because what I find too, is when I have an anxious moment, like I, I do want to point this out. It doesn't mean now I never have anxiety, you know, but if I have anxiety or I have an anxious moment, you know, what's cool is that now that I'm waking up to thought, it's almost like I, I literally feel it in my body, like come and go. Like it's just, it's transitory. So it'll come through the body for like seconds and then it passes. And what changed my life is knowing that 
love and peace and contentment is what's underneath always. Yeah, like that. yeah I can re relate a lot to the uh, to the the whole thing on thought. I didn't know this is where the conversation was going to go, but I like it. And just I kind of with the social anxiety, I feel like we have a, a lot of thoughts on you know how things are going to go. You feel like you're going to be judged, or you know you got to give a presentation, and you're automatically uh, assuming these these thoughts that you're having in your head that, like you said, you can't control. You assume that they're going to be true. And so, yeah, that, that's powerful. So is there a way to, do you work on, do you work on trying to like change thought patterns or is it about like eliminating certain thoughts or kind of, how do you see that? Yeah, it's a really good question. You know, I, I did try doing things with thought. Like I, I tried that path of like managing or controlling or like switching a negative to a positive. I tried all that. It's not to say any of that's wrong. If that works for people, um, I'm no, I can only speak for what's true for me. Um, and what I'm seeing is that when I have less thought, when I let, when I let the, I, this is how I say it is like, when I let the thought meter, like if the thoughts are kind of like spiking, what I know is that to get back to clarity and peace of mind is not to add more thought, is to actually let the thoughts, the thought meter kind of drop naturally, because it's just how it works. It naturally drops. So um, what, I, what I'm seeing is that there's always two directions that human beings can look. We can either look in the direction of what's not true, which is like all the fear and the doubt that's coming up, or we can look in the direction of what is true. And what I'm seeing is like, the less I care about those false or not true thoughts, those doubts and those fears, naturally they fade into the background. It's just how it works. So if anything, I'm looking for clarity. So I'm like, I'm just looking at, okay, let's let the fog pass. Cause it's really all it is. If you look at the nature of thought, it's, it's like a cloud and it's neutral. Like every single thought is completely neutral. It's harmless. It has nothing in it. There's, not, there's not, no real substance to it unless we resist it, unless we try to like push it away. And so it's almost like the less I do with thought, the more it kind of like fades away. And then I drop into like this, um, I, I have clarity and I drop into a state of like peace and love. And I, I keep pointing to the word love because that's what I discovered was you know, that three day experience was like, oh my gosh, I'm always already okay. But there was a feeling and the feeling was that I am made of love and there's a, it's a feeling like literally like we're all sitting on it. I joke, but like all human beings are sitting on a jacuzzi, like the, the actual system, the innate intelligence creating our experience is like a jacuzzi. It's a feeling of a hot jacuzzi. And the only thing ever getting in the way of us like dropping into that feeling is when we chew on thought or we make it mean something about us or we make it matter. It reminds me a lot of, uh, at least in my experience, meditation has helped me not just let thoughts pass by, but actually be able to individually at least recognize them. Be like, oh, and like beforehand, it was like thoughts would just like run through my head and I just assumed they were true. And it's almost like I didn't realize how much I was thinking. 
And then mm-hmm. that, after doing meditation for a while, just kind of subtly, I was able to realize like, okay, I, I see this thought coming. Like, okay, I just need, I need to let that go. Or like, you know, that's, you know, it's not a truth. I mean, one particular example comes in mind was like, after meditating for a while, I stopped having like so much road rage while I was driving. Like I would get so mad if someone, you know, cut me off or something like that. You know, I would have all these like negative thoughts and now I'm just able to kind of like see that thought come in my head and then just kind of release it and let it go. Um, so is, is meditation, is that something that you do? Is that kind of a, a big part of your practice? Yeah, good question. I, I have done meditation on and off over the years. I, I just did one earlier today. Um, what I would say has changed my life is, um, which is what I teach, is uh, they're called the three principles, mind, thought, consciousness. And um, Sidney Banks is a Scottish philosopher who, when he kind of went through his spiritual awakening, that's essentially what he saw in a four second flash was that what's creating the human experience is is mind, thought, consciousness. And even though we speak about them as three separate things, it's really the invisible intelligence creating our experience. So um, I, I more so, it's interesting actually, the deeper and deeper I understand thought, just the nature of thought through how Sidney Banks has seen it and, and through his teachings, I've actually done less meditation than I've ever done in my life because I'm just learning how to naturally like meditate. Our meditative state is our natural state. So I'm learning, I'm learning how to like just drop into a meditative state by doing nothing. Like I don't necessarily have to meditate to, to be in that feeling. But um, again, it's, it's me understanding thought, like the deeper and deeper I understand the nature of it. There's, it's interesting. Just that understanding alone drops me into the feeling. Mm. Yeah, I um, I feel that. I remember after I did my ten day meditation retreat, it was so easy to just drop into just a meditative state just while driving. Just, uh, yeah. It was an out of body experience, just seeing all the thoughts and understanding what their purpose was. Instead of just see a thought, freak out. See a thought, freak out. Be very scared about a certain thought and be worried about that thought and then get anxiety and then it doesn't actually happen or it does actually happen and it's just this consistent fight or flight. Yeah, yeah. It's so beautiful. Like I think a lot of times people when they meditate, what they see is when thought when all those personal, like insecure thoughts fade away, like what what we're left with is is peace and contentment and love, right? So people see that when they're meditating and they're like, wait a minute. That's my default. That's what's actually sitting here right now. <laughs> so if I'm not so reactive to the, those, those other thoughts, then I could be in a nicer feeling. So meditation and breath work, um, sound healing, there's all different forms of, of healing that people can, can do to kind of get, point people to that same understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, to change gears just a little bit, so for anybody who's listening right now that's kind of in that state that you were, you know, uh, hiding from your true self, whether that's, um, you know, coming out uh, in, in a 
I'm losing my words, uh, coming out as, you know, gay or, or lesbian or whatever it is, or just coming out to be your true self, like kind of what's the, what's the common misconceptions uh, that you see from people that are having that struggle to do so? Yeah, well, I would say the biggest misconception is that they're, and I, I, I'm not saying this in any negative way, it's just that there's for me, the misconception was, well, when I come out, then I'll be free. But it's kind of, it's kind of like, um, <laughs> it's kind of like when we think we're going to get a new car, then we're going to feel happy. Yeah. Or, when I, yes. or when I get the house, now I'll be happy. When I get the money in my bank account, you know, that, that's what I'm seeing is actually in society that, um, you know, pushing the narrative of just come out and, and, you know, and, and say publicly that you're gay or you're lesbian or you're queer, that you'll be free but most of the clients I'm serving, they've come out, but they haven't come alive. So they're like, they're actually going through massive amounts of anxiety after. And so again, I think the, the key is that that's when we share our sexuality, we're sharing part of who we are. It's a huge part of who I am. It's not all of who I am, but it's part of who I am. And I still like, after I came out, I was still confused how to feel happy. I was still confused how to feel safe I was still confused how to just be myself and so I think what 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 I um what I would say is that it's important that we all look within ourselves right we all look within ourselves and look at well where is peace where is happiness where does that actually come from and it's always within us like we don't have to get the car or the house or the money to feel happy, to feel peaceful. It's, it's our default. It's what's already within us, despite all the insecure thought we're getting caught up in, you know, but underneath those insecure thoughts, we're sitting on peace. I'm going to, you know, my, my question right now is boiling. It's uh, if it's just, if it's there always, why is it so hard for people to find? Yeah. <laughs> Cause they're, because they're really carried away with thought. It sounds really like simple, but you know, it's, it's for me, I've noticed, you know, cause I still have, I still have insecure thoughts, you know, and we all do all human beings. That's one thing we all have in common is we all are experiencing insecure thoughts, but um, I find people who are just not so reactive, reactive to them are more confident. They just have this sense of confidence about them. And so again, if we can just step back and we can look at the nature of it, those thoughts, those insecure thoughts are transitory, right? They always, they come and they go. And the less we care about them, the less they come. That's what's interesting. So if I really care about them, like if I, if I really have a relationship to insecure thought, I get more of them because my awareness is looking in that direction. So if my awareness is looking at it, looking in the direction of fear and insecurity, I literally get more of that. But if I, if I just know, I'm like, if I know, I just know it's, it has to be a knowing, not conceptually, but just knowing like, okay, it's transitory. It's transitory. So it passes always. So what's not transitory. That's what I'm interested in. What's not transitory is who we are, which is peace and love. Like that's not transitory. And there's a feeling to it. Like I tell people, if you feel the temperature of your body right now, you're probably going to feel like, unless 
it's freezing in your room, you might not feel it, but your temperature of your body's hot, right? There's a really hot, warm sensation to it. If you were to like breathe out, if you were to put your hand over your mouth and like actually like breathe out, there's, there's a temperature to that. There's a heat to it. That there's, a, there's an inter internal heat inside of our body that's always occurring without us having to do anything, okay? And it's like if I cut my arm right now, my, arm, my, my cut will naturally heal. Like how does that happen, that, that things just naturally heal? Like that's what I'm fascinated by, that we're sitting on an intelligence that's always taking care of us, that's always healing us. And there's a feeling to it. There's a warm, there's a warm feeling. So again, that, that peace and that love that people are seeking innocently, they're seeking it outside of themselves, but it's already within them because it's who we are. So what causes human beings to seek it outside themselves? Like with that car, with that house, relationship? <laughs> Well, because they have the thought that they might have the thought that um, that's what they should do. And then they, they try to do that. So again, they, it's innocent. It's innocent that we have the thoughts and then we react to them. But we, we have to learn that when we do that, it's not working. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, okay, well, that's not working. That's interesting. So where else do I look? Well, maybe if I look within myself, <laughs> what do I find? <laughs> yeah. But again, always, I just want to, I know I'm saying it a couple times, but regardless of the content of it, whether it's doubt or fear or whatever, it comes from insecurity. It comes from an insecure thought and thinking that security is not already within us. So once you're living in your true self, is it, do you have to constantly work at it to stay in that? Or is it possible to go back and let those thoughts kind of intrude and break you down? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. It's almost like I'm caring less about thought, period. You know, it's like, because the content of thought most of the time is a bunch of crap. Like it's, like I know when something's true, there's a feeling. You know, and sometimes when something's really true, there's a feeling to it. There's not a lot of thought about it. It's just a knowing. So I'm more interested in living life through the feeling. Like our feelings are, what I'm seeing is that our feelings are, they're kind of like a, a, a navigate, it's a, it's a nav navigation system that we're all sitting on that help us navigate life. So if I have a feeling that might feel a little anxious or might feel a little bit off, it literally signals to me that I have been overthinking, that I've been thinking about insecure thoughts or fears. There's like this, this kind of like the feeling to me triggers like, oh, I was overthinking about something or I might be a little bit off path. Like with what I'm building with my coaching business and speaking, what I find is that when I have an off feeling about something and it feels like I'm going to force it, that feeling is actually a really important indicator of like, okay, you're going off path. That's actually not where you're headed. I need you to go in this direction. And then like when I, when I go to, in a different direction and there's a lighter feeling, a nicer feeling, I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's easy and effortless. That's the path. 
So just, just for me, I'm starting to see even just feeling like instead of getting so caught in trying to understand thought and make it mean something and make it matter and like all of that work for me, um, I, I just didn't find it very fruitful. I've found that feeling actually going off the feeling that I'm having has been a lot more useful. Wow. It just uh, comes to mind is situations in my life where it does something doesn't feel right and then I do it anyways, but then a positive thing happens. So for example, I was doing my age adventures. I was in Australia and about to leave to Cambodia and I was just overwhelmed and my brain says no. And then I went there and it was amazing. And then same with, same with the free hugs. My brain said, no, don't do it. And now, and then it turned into like the most powerful experience in my life. Yeah. Well, when you were doing that, like, what were you feeling? Like, was it like your heart was like, I want to do that. And you might've had some doubt or fear come up about like actually taking the action or how did you know to do that? Um, I just, I like, I like, I was challenged to do it and I, I just like challenging myself just because um, it's, I like that rush. And I like, I always, I know that doing things I'm not comfortable doing that are positive. So maybe that's the, maybe that's the, the key dynamic of it. Is it a positive thing? Yeah. Is, is it with, is that thing that scares me within my mission? So maybe that's the difference. Well, what, what I think is interesting, because even you doing that, you had the thought to do that. It always started mm -hmm. with a thought, right? So you had a thought to do it, and then you might've had more thought after of doubt and fear, mm -hmm. but you had an initial knowing that you should do that. There was an initial thought and a feeling to it. You wouldn't have done mm -hmm. it. You wouldn't have done it if there wasn't, was an initial, like I should do that kind of feeling you know? Um, and so I think it, I just always have people step back to look at, well, well, it always starts with a thought. And what I'm fascinated is where the heck does thought come from? <laughs> like that thought just came to you. Like you, you probably didn't have to think super hard about that. It just kind of came, you know, and I'm fascinated by just, well, where does thought come from? I mean, people can say universe, God, source, whatever you believe in, but it's a neutral, invisible thing creating our experience that like, you know, there, there's a lot of research trying to understand it, you know, and I know what I know, the little that I know that's changed my life, but because it's this invisible thing, it's, um, there's still more to explore about it. You know, that's, which is why I love having conversations like this with, with people to explore, how do they see thought and how do they see thought impacting their life and creating their experience? Like your story, sharing your story is so cool. Like you went and did these things, you know? <laughs> like where did those thoughts come from it's so fascinating <laughs> that's cool uh, i guess it's kind of like you gotta go with your uh your gut thought i guess your your initial thought is the one you should go for right yeah so it's funny you say the word gut right like there's a feeling so gut when you when you look at it when you say gut we're talking about a feeling in our gut right so there's an initial feeling that's like, ooh, yeah, like that, I'm, I should do that, right? Whether you feel it in your, your stomach, typically I find you feel it in your heart, um, but it's either like a gut or stomach um, or like a heart kind of feeling, right? So I've really learned in this process that um, kind of getting out of my head and into my heart is what's changed everything because when I, when I understand the nature of thought naturally, I drop into my heart and I'm making more decisions based on a feeling that I have in my heart. 
you know? And I'm like, oh, I, I just know I'm supposed to do that. And then of course, yeah, I have insecure thought that comes after. It's almost like a test. <laughs> it's like, I know I'm supposed to do that. And then there's some insecure thought comes after. And so that's uh-huh. what gets confusing for people, right? They're like, they know they're supposed to do this. They know it. It's a knowing. It's like, I know I need to do this. In fact, sometimes you'll have the thought like 10,000 times. It's just the same thought over and over and over and over. You can't even deny it. It's like the universe is going, do it, do it, do it. And the only thing stopping you is that you're taking the insecure thought seriously. And then you're not taking it. It's like goosebumps. Whole process describes something I felt earlier. (laughs) My friend was asking me to come play. He hosts this, like, I don't know if you guys watch the game, uh, the TV show Survivor. I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah, so he hosts this thing every year where he basically runs his own Survivor. And so he's asking me to come play. And I'm a huge Survivor fan. I've been watching it for like 20 years uh, since I was like five or six years old. But, uh, yeah, my, my initial feeling was like, yes, I would love to play. And then, like, kind of, like, subsequent thoughts after that was like, but I have to take a day off work, and do I really want yeah. all these other strangers? So I texted him, and I was like, well, you know, I'll let you know by the end of the day. And then, like, five minutes later, I was like, no, this is just, I got to gotta go in my resistance. I know outside of everything else, like, I would love to do this. So, like, I'm going to go and do it. So I texted yeah. him, like, 100% in, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Well, see, that's such a good example of, like, this is how simple it can be. What's true, what's not true? Like, you knew what was true was your heart was like, I want to do this. That's true. That's you following your truth. And then all the other shit that came up was, like, not true. Right. It's not, it wasn't true, you know? It was like... And a lot of the time, the content, it's, it's funny. I, uh, my coach, my coach uh, talks about it this way, and I think it's, it's an interesting way to put it. What you'll find is uh, when the fear, the doubt, whatever, the insecure thoughts come up, when we get caught in that, what happens is we're, we're meing. And what, what we really want to be doing is being. And being would be like you saying yes to that and following your heart. And just going for it, just like, just like Jeremy's example too, like when you have that knowing you're supposed to do it and just going and doing it, right? And there's a being about it. There's a, there's a feeling of being, like you're just there, you're present, you're having a good time. But when we're meing, we're stuck in insecure thought and we're believing it and we're taking it seriously and life sucks. <laughs> so what I find is like, You'll notice when you start to get in an anxious state or like depressive state, if you really look at thought for a moment in those moments, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm meing right now. I'm totally meing right now. So my way out is I need to be. How am I going to go be? Like, go be absurd. Wow. Go dance. Like, whatever, right? <laughs> I love this. This is so like, it's funny that when you bring this up, all those times I like did a challenge and then just did it anyways comes to mind like ev- all of them so like I, I, this is a perfect example i was in taiwan and i was deciding to do a spontaneous 
solo bicycle ride 200 kilometers through like the nature of Taiwan. And my initial reaction is, oh, this sounds amazing. It's going to be so beautiful. I'm going to be in nature. I'm going to be by myself. It's going to be awesome. And then right away, I was like, hold on. What if I get a flat tire? Oh, my God. What if this happens? What if I ran out of food? Where am I going to stay? All that stuff came up afterwards. And then I freaked out. And then I go, hold on. Let me just go. I mean, it's a good story. I have to do it. And I just kind of like said, thanks for sharing. And it went away. And then it went perfectly. It was one of the highlights of my life. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. And see, in that example, it sounds like you, instead of like having those thoughts and resisting them, like I find when those thoughts come up, I, I used to, I used to have the thought, I want, I don't want them. It was the resistance was coming from, I don't want it. Mm. And so when I have that, that thought of, I don't want it, I don't want it. I get more of it. So the only other way out is to open, is to not be resistant, but to open. And instead of, I don't want those anxious thoughts or I don't want the fear, opening to, well, I want to feel love. Oh, I'm opening to love. Oh, I'm opening to peace. Like there's another way to look. There's another direction to look. (laughs) Yeah. There's really only two directions for us to look at any moment. That's what's fascinating. We're either looking in the direction of fear or we're looking in the direction of love. But at least that's what I'm, I'm seeing to be true. I like it. I, I like the whole scene. Like, I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I got my notes for show. <laughs> so I know you got to get off here in a few minutes. So I just want to give you a minute to kind of share where can people listening find you at? I know you have like a Facebook group and coaching stuff. If you want to share those details and we'll also put links in the show notes to all that stuff you mentioned. Yeah. Thank you, Kyle and Jeremy for having me. This was fun. (laughs) Yeah. So um, people can find me on my website. It's Kyla.com C-U-Y-L-A. If they just want to get to know a little bit more about me. And then um, I do have two Facebook groups right now. Um, What's happening naturally is people who just want to live their truth and be the fullest expression of themselves, regardless of their gender or sexuality, um, are reaching out. So um, I have a Facebook group right now. And if they want to find that, the fastest way to find it is to go to comingaliveexperience.com. That's comingaliveexperience.com. And then if, if anybody listening identifies in the uh, queer or LGBT community, um, I have a group specifically for that on Facebook as well. Um, and you can find that at queerimpact.com. I love it. All right. We also, we also put on, um, we started putting on socials, even though it's, <laughs> I know, I feel like, I know in my heart, it's the right thing to do. I love the fact that we're having this conversation, like, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> understanding. I know from, I know from a heart, you know, perspective, it's, it's, I love collaborating with people and everything like that. So it was good to hear that. So definitely would love to set up like a, a group social and get some people together and just connect, see what happens organically. <laughs> Yes, I love it. Kyle, <laughs> oh, do you want to ask? Uh, he kind of asks. He sometimes asks a question of people. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we let you go, we got one last question. So, if there's one message you get out to the entire world, 
what would it be? Be love. <laughs> be love. Yes. On the billboard. Be love. <laughs> I have one. I have one more. Yeah. Who can I? Who can I acknowledge you for being? Who can you acknowledge me for being? Yeah. What do you call that? How can I? Who? Who can I acknowledge you for being? Like, what kind of person? Like, what kind of energy? What kind of? Ah, so we yeah. have to be able to to my beingness. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Oh, hmm. Alive. Alive. Yeah. <laughs> my whole my whole thing is coming alive. That's what I feel like this journey's been for me is this journey of coming alive. And I really wanna just unite humanity and, and all all people to to let them you know live their truth but also come alive and feel alive. Cause that's what I am seeing is that people that's really what they're seeking. Of course they they wanna feel happy, they wanna feel joy. They want to not feel anxious, all the things. But if you really look at where they want, what they want to feel, they want to feel alive because they want to feel all the things. <laughs> they want to be able to feel all of it and not let it bother them. Right? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> well, I know. Yeah. For when you <laughs> like one of the things I've always wanted to do is cycle across the country. And um, it's interesting you bring this up. All those doubts and stuff come up afterwards. Yeah. So it's still on my list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spread kindness while cycling across America campaign. Yeah. You might have to get to the Facebook group then. I'd love to have you in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. Yeah. I do a lot. I, I do a lot of like group facilitation and everything. Kyle knows this, and I, I love it. I love helping people. I love holding that space for people feeling alive. Yeah. yeah that's, that's my passion I do is like you know my, my social coaching I love just like holding a space of safe as a safe place where they just go out and talk to people and afterwards they feel alive and I'm like yes I get all I feel alive because of that exactly I felt that when we first started talking that there was this connection between us of like this aliveness right it's like what 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 like makes me light up is when I see someone being themselves to the fullest mm. you know? Yeah. You spot it, you got it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so fun. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks for coming on.